Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill, my political podcast, The View of a Moderate from the Middle of the Road. From here, before I get into anything political, just mourning the passing of some of the greats. Say They say that it happens in threes. I don't know how far you want to go back, but Betty White, uh, Sidney Poitier, and Bob Saget. We miss them all. All great players, great performers. Bob Saget, way, way before his time. What the hell happened? That, there's a lot going on in terms of uh, world news, uh, schools, Omicron. Is someone in your family infected? Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. I hate Blue Monday, White one, uh, White Monday. Uh, so uh, the schools in Cleveland are still closed. Rob, is that uh, is that a fact? I know that uh, Seoul went to school today. I she's in private school, but I, I I looked up the Cleveland schools. Unless someone knows different, differently, uh, I'm assuming that the Google is right and that they are still closed which would be uh, to considerable dismay. I mean, just think of all the children whose lives are centered around school. And because of COVID, obviously, that's the, the reason, some say the excuse, uh, the, uh, the teachers' unions have, uh, have apparently closed. But I, I want to check that. Make a call on that. I just want to be right about that. I know they're still closed in, in Chicago, and I know the Chicago Teachers Union is attempting to spread it, is attempting to spread it to the four corners of the country. Uh, so if you know something, give us a call. Call uh, 216-578-1100. If you're a parent or a grandparent and your child is being kept home for the, the horrifying virtual learning, non-learning, uh, let us let us know. Well, and Geraldo, too, you also realize they those kids have not had a normal school year now in three years. Oh, look at my poor daughter, my poor soul, uh, now in tenth grade. So, so it, it's eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. It's th- it's three yeah, years. She's been in high school for what a year and a half and hasn't had a normal experience yet, and probably won't have one until. At least what you know, the top of the year in uh, school year and uh, coming up in twenty two. Is that going to be when everything's right. clear? I, I may be wrong about this. A Cleveland school teacher Mark is calling. So Mark, what is the deal? Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. We are back in school today. Thank so you're you. fully uh, fully operational. Yeah, we're we're fully operational. Thank God. So uh, what just... happened to? How did the union concede? And uh, it wasn't. It, it wasn't about the union. It was an, it was that Mr. Gordon um, decided to close the schools. In the union, just I mean, the union didn't have a, a strong presence in this. Um, but yeah, we're back at school, and it, the the big reason is staffing. There there's no substitutes 
So when you get two or three, four teachers out with COVID or you get bus drivers out with COVID, you get somebody in this, uh, anybody in that building out with COVID, um, there's just no substitutes. And with social distancing. By substitutes, you mean literally substitute teachers are unavailable in the Cleveland Metropolitan School District? There's not enough. There, there's substitutes. There's just simply not enough to overcome the sickness. And, um, and so what about the sickness? How are people responding to that in school? Um, I mean, everything appears to be fine. I mean, we're just doing the best we can. Um, it's, it's In the past, if we couldn't get enough substitutes, you could combine cap classrooms. Um, now with COVID and with the social distancing rules, it's hard to combine classrooms, maybe put 30, 40 kids into a classroom. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so it's very difficult. It's very challenging. And I think with the sicknesses, that's why Mr. Gordon made the call. Um, I still think made the call last people, week to be closed. Yeah, yeah, and I still think there's a lot of people that are out. There's even a school that's out due to staff members. Um, but I think he was pressured by the governor to open up the schools, even though the governor. And how do you feel about that, Mark? Well, the governor or none of these legislators down in Columbus have never set set foot into our schools, and they make a lot of calls based, you know, for for Cleveland schools having not even been into our schools or know what the situation is. Oh, let me ask you, Coach, so, as, long, as long as I have you, you're a target of opportunity there. Uh, on Friday on uh, The Five, the Fox show, of which I am a co-host, uh, rotating co-host, there was a, a, a feeling that uh, teachers were in it for themselves, that it was, uh, you know, they wanted pay you know, with no work. That the children Mr. were going Revere, to go hungry. No, Mr. Rivera, I think the problem you is you can call me there's, Heraldo. There's there's a there's a lot of talking heads that have never set foot. In and school. and what about the morale and teachers? That's the one of the yeah, main it's, points. Uh, it's yeah, it's we're taking a hit right now, but so is everybody else in the country. Um, well, good for you. I think you have right an now. excellent attitude. Well, what what I, year I, do you I teach? Do, what grade do you teach? I, I'm I'm a middle school teacher. But I, I just want to let you know that this is, you know, most teachers feel this way. We're in it for the kids. And if anybody, ever, everybody that criticizes us seems to do it, and they've never been into our classrooms. They don't know what we face. They don't know what the challenges we have. They sit on their couch, and they put it on Facebook. So what is your, what is, are you in the classroom right now? Yes. So uh, describe, yep. describe the kids coming in and the snow falling. Give us a little report there, Mark. Um. Well, it's just business as usual. That's that. I mean, it's just business as usual. Kids Do the kids hear yet, you so. speaking with me now? No, the kids aren't in yet. We didn't start yet. So, what time does school start? Our school doesn't open until nine thirty-five. So, all right. Well, have a have a great day, and you I too. appreciate the fact that I I Thank love you. thinking of teachers as heroes. That's why the Chicago situation has been such. Uh, so dismaying uh, to me where teachers are saying uh, they, they want to go back to virtual and so many of the children don't even have computers or good Wi-Fi and it's uh, just a waste. It's uh, it's terrible. Uh, what, Rob? Oh, oh yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, we have our uh, guest well, on the line here. Well, yes. Do, do me a favor. Before we get to the surprise guest, <laughs> uh, play one uh, soundbite from uh, Mayor Bibb who had a an excellent uh, ceremonial swearing in uh, where I, I really thought that uh, he made he made some some sense. Uh, so I would like uh, he's been mayor since mo- Monday, last Monday, but he took a ceremonial oath of office Saturday 
at the public auditorium. Here is uh, is Mayor Bibb. Walking into City Hall on Monday, I walked into the footsteps of iconic leaders like Carl Stokes and Michael R. White. I followed the longest serving mayor in Cleveland's history, Frank G. Jackson. And the magnitude of that moment, just five days ago, truly moved me. Well, he sounded, he sounded great. And, uh, you know, uh, I liked the tone of his message. I, I am amused by the fact that they keep calling him the second youngest mayor in Cleveland history without referencing the first youngest mayor in Cleveland history, uh, Dennis Kucinich. And we are delighted to welcome the former congressman, the former mayor of Cleveland, the 53rd mayor, uh, the, uh, the boy mayor of Cleveland, presidential candidate, Dennis Kucinich joins us. Uh, hey, Mayor, how are you? Geraldo, uh, good to talk to you. I hope your new year is uh, coming along well. Well, it started with COVID, so it's it's definitely well, uh, on the upswing. Uh, you know, I well, just God, think that God, God bless. And, and how how health. about your family and COVID, Mayor? Every, everybody's fine, and I'm grateful for that. Oh, so, thank, you know, thank goodness. And I hope everyone listening, you know, has a healthy New Year. This is uh, these are difficult times, and I, you know, it's the health becomes a uh, first and paramount concern. So it 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 certainly is, and it, it was like well, COVID was a lot scarier. Uh, in the earlier incarnation now with Omicron, you know, I, I had a scratchy throat and that was it. And it was gone in a day. Uh, I've had three negative tests in a row now, so I'm, I'm delighted. But it hit That's my great. son, uh, my second son. It hit my uh, my middle daughter. It, it, it just uh, I, I heard an estimate that half the country is infected with uh, Omicron or has or is in recovery from it. Uh, but. Uh, well, one thing I want, I want to I want to jump to you and then uh, we could talk more about Obercron. But uh, this is this was in uh, I think Conservative American. What what's the publication? I forgot what it is. But younger readers can be forgiven for being unfamiliar with Dennis Kucinich when he ran as a presidential candidate in two thousand and four in the two thousand and four election. He put up a platform that was regarded as utterly ridiculous, not only legalizing same sex marriage, but also pulling out of Iraq instituting universal single-payer health care, withdrawing from NAFTA and the WTO, and implementing tuition-free college. Today, almost all of those once fringe positions are mainstream within the Democratic Party. Uh, so uh, you were far-sighted, but rather than being treated as a far-sighted party elder, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of relegated to the margins as witnessed by uh, Mayor Bibbs uh, ignoring your uh, your historic status as as the youngest mayor in Cleveland. Do you feel forsaken sometimes, Dennis? <laughs> I don't even think about it. <laughs> really, I just you know I'm I move straight ahead. The one thing about being in public life is that you have to be focused on what it is that you are trying to do for people. It's never about you. If you make it about you. You, you know, you're in trouble already. And the most important thing is be true to your commitments and be true to yourself. And beyond that, you can't worry about what anybody thinks. And so I don't I, I you know, years ago when I was taking those positions that the American conservative of all magazines is writing about today, uh, you know, I, I wasn't worried about whether anyone would 
wrote me up or down. It's like you do what you feel is right in the moment. That's all you can do. And what you thought was right in the moment was taking on the public utility. Uh, you know, uh, in retrospect, would you have fought that fight to the uh, to the finish? Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the American Conservative article is essentially a book review of the Division of Light and Power, which you so, you know, gratefully uh, gave some really good notice to initially, you know, early on. And and that a terrific yarn. I recall well, uh, me... comparing you to Mr. Smith goes to Washington versus and the and the Godfather, <laughs> the, the <laughs> well, gangsters. What's happening? You know what's happening now is that the book keeps getting more and more positive reviews as time goes on, and from you know from not only yourself and now the uh, writer in the American Conservative, uh, but also from uh, you know two Pulitzer Prize winning. Um, Reporters, uh, Seymour Hurst and Chris Hedges, uh, Matt Taibbi. There's been a, a number of terrific reviews, and the sales are starting to move up. So it's it's good, you know. But it's a big book. It's you know over 667 pages, and it's uh, so it takes people a while to wade through. But it's everything's thoroughly documented, and and it's very humbling to have the kind of things that are being said about the book. Uh, you well, know, good, I worked that on a good, long excellent. time. Excellent. You, des- you deserve uh, notice and, and, you know, for people to recall that you were way ahead of your time. So uh, in terms of Mayor Bibb, what do you think his challenges are in order of severity? I, yeah, I, I think, you know, public safety is number one. Uh, you, you know, the tragic events surrounding the the murder of, uh, of Officer Shane Bartek is something that everyone in the community needs to be thinking about and focused on. Uh, you know, not only the fact that, you know, here's a clean police officer who lost his life under circumstance of a carjacking, but also, you know, listen, let's face it, carjackings are, have become an epidemic in Cleveland. Uh, everyone who is in and around Cleveland now is concerned about their surroundings in a way that we never had to do before. And, and the criminal justice system, in my humble opinion, is not has not adequately responded uh, to to the carjackers and is not really you know taking the steps necessary that would make uh, carjacking a uh, uh, um, uh, undesirable for for those who want to commit crimes. I'm, so, I'm you know, I'm to death. I just wanted. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm the the Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court and the U.S. District Court in Cleveland. Uh, they've, they're overburdened. They were closed uh, months and months, and uh, they may never catch up. I think the system itself teeters on on total dysfunction. Well, that, you know, the, look, uh, no question that the criminal justice system is under great stress for a lot of reasons. Uh, but at the same time, one must look at where the you know where the fire is raging here. And the carjackings have have become uh, a, a burden, not just for police, but the victims now include the, our entire community, because people now have to make choices on where they get gas, where they're going to shop, uh, you know, who's how many people will go uh, shopping together. I mean, it, we're, people are starting to change their habits based on the fact that carjacking is a reality particularly in the city of Cleveland. But now we're we, uh, we, had the, we had the talk last night, Erica, my wife, Erica, and Sol, our 16-year-old, who now drives to school, drives herself to school, 
And we said, honey, you have to be extremely careful where you park that car, where you fuel up that vehicle. Uh, there's now we're averaging one a day, one carjacking a day in Cleveland. And the, usually they're, they're young, youngsters who are doing the jacking. Uh, they have no clear plan. The Plain Deal has a story about it today. Uh, there's uh, no clear plan. They, they joyride. Uh, they often hurt uh, the victims, as in the Officer Bartek situation, a uh, horrifying, tragic situation well, where the know, 25-year-old you know, cop shot twice in the know, back. Listen, uh, I, uh, you know, with, I joined all kilometers in grieving uh, his death. And, and I will tell you that uh, any, I, forget about age. If someone's involved in an armed carjacking, if they're using a gun, they, they have to be tried as an adult. But you cannot uh, go to a situation where you're licensing uh, uh, armed uh, carjackings and, and looking the other way at, uh, because a person has to be, uh, you know, under 18 years old. I, I, to, to me, if we don't get a handle on this, our neighborhoods will never be safe. And there are some uh, young people who will need extensive oversight and rehabilitation, uh, but unfortunately it's probably going to be within the system. And, you know, there's, at this point, uh, the, the idea that, well, just because this person happens to be technically a juvenile, uh, we've got to uh, uh, treat them differently. If they're, if they're using a gun in the commission of a crime, I think all bets are off there. And yet, and yet in New York, where gun, gun crimes were always treated severely, and you went to jail for a year if you used a gun in a crime, no matter what and no matter who you were, if you were using a gun illegally, you went to jail for a year minimum. Now the new district attorney in New York is saying, uh, wait a second, not necessarily so. It could be that it will only charge a misdemeanor uh, and there'll be no bail. And, uh, you know, I think that in the in the desperation to iron out the dysfunction in the jail system, uh, they are in, in some ways throwing out the baby for the bathwater. They're they're letting criminals go with very low bail facing pretty minimal consequence for crimes as hideous as carjacking there. Well, you know, again. Uh, the emphasis, look, I understand the shortcomings in the criminal justice system and how people, particularly people of color, have been uh, uh, put at a severe disadvantage. And, you know, and there, has, and there has to be a recognition of that. At the same time, uh, the, those who are violent offenders, whatever their color, have to be dealt with severely today. Because if they're not, you're licensing a proliferation of the violence in the community. And, and this, what does this mean? This means that police have to be empowered to be able to pursue those who are who have been involved in violent uh, uh, carjackings. It means that uh, that people have to be uh, charged and they have to be uh, held uh, if they've committed a violent uh, crime. Uh, you cannot just because of age just release people. And this is happening, unfortunately, just just release people. Uh, to their parents' custody or whatever, and expect that there are not there's not going to be consequences for the community. We have to protect the community. That actually is absolutely, one of the first, absolutely. That's one of the first purposes of governance. Uh, and where where will the rubber hit the road for Mayor Bibb? 
Well, you know, I think I think his challenge is going to be that um, he's got to find a way. How is he going to strike a balance between the immediate challenges of of, of law enforcement and dealing with violent crimes in the city, and at the same time, the demands of, of those who uh, promoted Issue 24 uh, for control of the uh, police department, uh, where, where you're going to have uh, essentially uh, civilians with no with no experience in law enforcement matters, judging the actions of, of police on a daily basis. I think that's going to be a tough, uh, tough order for him. Oh, I, he I hope be, he goes slow with that one. That well, could be he disastrous. Be, you know, Geraldo, he, look, he's a very bright uh, uh, person. He may be able to navigate it. Uh, but, you know, you're asking me, based on my experience, what I see as somebody who lives in Cleveland and is very concerned about uh, the rise in violent crime, particularly carjackings, he's got a tough order. And, you know, I think that everyone... Uh, uh, who every Clevelander and everyone in Greater Cleveland wishes him well. Uh, we we want him to be successful. His success becomes a success of our of our entire community. You know, I was uh, we had a, a little dinner yesterday for other school parents, and uh, we, we Mark and Leslie. Uh, they have a son uh, in school with our our daughter. Uh, he's also an avid sports fan. He's always at the Cavs games and. Uh, He's had uh, the same tickets in, uh, uh, for the Browns for 17 years. And anyway, he, he talks about walking around that area around 9th and Prospect uh, it, when going, attending one or the other of these functions and how dark it is and how easy it would be for a predator to lie in wait. I mean, isn't part of the problem that, that we have so many of those dark streets with so few police cruisers that are visible? Look, uh, that's just, of course. And, you know, everyone who's listening right now, and you know, many of your people are out on the road driving, has their own concerns based on where they go, where they travel, where they walk. And, you know, we're, we're, in, an, we're in an era that's quite different than it used to be years ago. You didn't have to worry about uh, uh, getting accosted or getting assaulted. Uh, now it becomes a fact. And and so people have to plan accordingly, uh, be aware of their surroundings. And, you know, you, you even hate to talk about that in those terms because it induces a kind of paranoia, which is not healthy for for individuals or community. But and it's def- be- definitely not designed to generate traffic in those neighborhoods at night. Oh, no, it's not. And, and you know, look, I, 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 I'm a Clevelander and I love this community and I want the best for uh, for all Clevelanders, I just hope that uh, this new year uh, brings a, a a refocused attention on on matters of public safety, so that we can reclaim communities that are now under a violent uh, assault by by certain elements, and at the same time, uh, that we can find ways to be supportive of law enforcement, which. I think people are realizing, you know, has the toughest job. You know, I'll tell, let me tell you something. I saw that incident, uh, Sergeant Rick, uh, Rick Manick in Illinois, who, uh, with her partner, went to a, a motel and checked on a barking dog, and the thing quickly escalated into her being, um, uh, her being disarmed and the person who took her gun 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Uh, ended up uh, sh- shooting her to death as she was pleading for her life. I mean, you know, when you look at things like that, it, it absolutely tells you our society is, has undergone a kind of a shift that uh, has uh, uh, social, uh, great social implications. And, and crime, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have people who have been put on margins of society and they're not really, uh, they don't have the same sympathies for human life. It's horrible. I wonder if COVID yeah. has aggravated or exacerbated it. I don't the know. Book, I mean, the book is that. a great book, Division of Light and Power. It is, uh, uh, in the words of the American conservative, and, and, and you know, I really like the book too. It is a, a, an epic work, sprawling yet readable account of his 10-year battle against the Cleveland Electric Illuminating Company, which sought to squash the city's public power company, Muni Light. And he fought him and he beat him. And I'm Geraldo, glad he's our friend. You. Thank you, Geraldo. And, right. and uh, hey, be well, be safe. Yeah, let's and, get together. Uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Let's do it. Thank All you. Right, Bye-bye. See Bye. you. Thanks. I, a, a good man, obviously. You know, uh, I didn't endorse anyone for mayor because I thought it was inappropriate because I live in, in Shaker, uh, uh, the adjacent community, but not in Cleveland. So I did not endorse anybody, but it was pretty clear, I think, to you all, not that it made a big difference, that because of issue 24, which I thought was very ill-advised and self-defeating, uh, that I did not back issue 24, and people could read in that what they uh, what they would. Uh, but I, I do, and I, I repeat that I hope that uh, uh, Mayor Bibb and, uh, and this program have a relationship uh, going forward. What is Mike in Strongsville? Mike, uh, what? Thanks for calling two one six five seven eight eleven hundred. What's on your mind? Go Hello. Ahead, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm calling about the carjacking. Yes. I'd say just build more prisons, lock these people up, put a min- minimum five year sentence if you use a gun. I got no problem locking these people up. Lock if you use a gun in a crime and you terrorize people. What the district attorney of New York is saying that unless the the gun is actually fired, uh, that and is a risk of death, uh, they then it will be charged as a misdemeanor, not a felony. A misdemeanor for a gun crime in a big city like New York, ridiculous. It cannot be. We cannot let this be the norm in Cleveland. This is absolutely, absolutely intolerable. I got a million things I want to talk to you about. Uh, as this program progresses. 
You're pretty sure of yourself, ain't you, Virgil? Virgil, that's a funny name for a boy that comes from Philadelphia. What do they call you up there? They call me Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs! Well, Mr. Wood, take Mr. Tibbs, take him down to the depot, and I mean boy like now. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I have loved him ever since that, uh, that great line in the terrific movie In the Heat of the Night with Rod Steiger, that was the other voice you heard there, playing the racist southern sheriff. And he was, uh, he, Sidney Poitier, was the black detective, I think from Philadelphia, who was down there trying to help him solve, uh, solve a murder that uh, for a time Sidney Poitier was uh, a, sp- a suspect in. Anyway, it's a great movie, and he's done a, you know, Lily in the Field, Lily's in the Field, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, uh, Sidney Poitier, just great. Earlier, so, so he was 91, Sidney Poitier. Uh, Betty White died the week before him. She was 99, almost made it to 100. She was just a couple of weeks shy of 100. Uh, and then, of course, everyone this morning is talking about Bob Saget. I, was, I didn't know him. Sidney Poitier I had run into a few times, and, and he was always, always uh, this great actor. was always a very gracious man, first uh, black man to win an Academy Award. Uh, he was always welcoming to me, the cinematic giant. Uh, he, he really effortlessly accepted the mantle of role model. Uh, he just uh, was a, just a wonderful guy, uh, Sidney Poitier. Bob Saget was so charming. I, I can't say I spent any time with him, any meaningful time, other than how you doing, how you doing. Uh, but everyone loved him. And Erica's generation, they just, and then they, 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 they're still running, uh, you know, his shows and the, the home video show just a, a a wonderful wonderful guy speaking as a millennial yeah he was a huge part of our childhood with full house and america's funniest home videos and then even once we got a little older and a little bit more uh, uh cultured ourselves when he kind of came back out with his stage act that was a complete opposite i mean it was closer to george carlin than it was the g-rated full house you know we we uh, you know a huge part of our childhood, along with Betty White, and he didn't didn't even mention John Madden. That was only a couple of weeks ago, too. Oh, John Madden, really? Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. You know, like the millennials and you know the under forty set here. We had a lot of big blows to our childhood and to uh, a lot of icons go away in the last uh, couple of weeks. And yeah, I'm cool with just moving past this wave of celebrity deaths and just trying to get 2022 on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah it's so it's the celebrity deaths are the uh, you know the fa- they, they're gone. That's the least of our problem. We've got to get past COVID. Uh, one thing about COVID, I, I just want to make sure that everybody understands my position on COVID and, and testing and, and getting vaccinated. Uh, I said on The Five last week that when I tested positive, uh, I guess it was a week ago Wednesday, uh, I've su- subsequently had three negative tests in a row. But when I tested positive, it was very humbling. For me, I was embarrassed by it. Uh, you know, I felt like I had hu- humble pie because I was so absolutely certain that everybody who got vaccinated and boosted was safe, B- basically in broad strokes. And then uh, Omicron snuck in, and it had uh, these breakthrough cases, which uh, uh, you know have obviously now they estimate. I, I tell you, fifty percent of the American population is 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 or has just gotten over an Omicron uh, experience. 
and it's it mine was minimal literally minimal i i had uh, a scratchy throat uh one night and the next day i had uh, sniffles and that was the end of it never had a fever i never had any other meaningful symptoms but i did test positive and you know now my name is on some list someplace along with all of you all and the other thing i was thinking about rob you have a situation now where they're giving out all these home test kits uh, they're giving him out a, you know, the uh, the administration purchased I think 500 million of them. Uh, they're giving them out to everybody and anybody. The thing is that people are taking those tests and coming up positive, but they don't report that to anybody. They don't they don't you know call the Cuyahoga no. County Public Health Authorities and say oh I took a home test and I came out positive. Nobody wants the government in your business. Uh, so uh, I, I think that, if anything, the 50% estimate of people who have recently had or currently have uh, uh, Omicron uh, is way, way low. Way low. I think 50% is I, – I would expect that by the end of this month, just about everybody that can have it will have had some – some version of it. well and the people i feel bad for obviously you know you know you talk about the people who test positive and don't say anything yeah there might be one group out there that has sinister malicious intent or whatever to you know if it is to spread the disease or you know not caring about it whatever the other group though are the people that can't afford to miss two three five days worth of work maybe two weeks in some cases and you know the, the fear of losing their house the fear of losing you know the power getting shut off in the middle of january you know that makes them sick or not and just like the flu just like a cold just like anything else you know you put your boots on you go into work and you make your money because you don't really have any other choice but i've read now i took a deep dive this weekend not that i had a lot of other things going on uh, I, I read the Wall Street Journal from cover to cover, uh, the New York Times, uh, the New York Post, the Plain Dealer. I watched the Sunday shows. I'm always on Twitter, at Geraldo Rivera. Check it out. All I can say is that the evidence is absolutely undeniable. Omicron is more contagious, much less virulent than previous incarnations of COVID. And there is absolutely zero doubt, zero doubt, but that the unvaccinated are faring far worse in terms of hospitalizations for severe illness and deaths than people who are vaccinated. So even though I was vaccinated, double vaccinated and boosted, and I, I got a breakthrough case anyway, at my age, 78 years old, if I was not vaccinated and I was similarly exposed to COVID, you know, who knows what would be with me? I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. You have to get vaccinated. You, have to, you know, the, the one good news, though, Rob, uh, with people who are not vaccinated, the more people who get it, presumably, once you have it, you're less likely to have it again, you know, like the old style immunity. So even with the reluctant people, there is, uh, you know, more uh, because they have had some version of it. There's more immunity, even if they haven't gotten vaccinated. But for God's sakes, 
if you love your country, if you love your state, your city, your block, your neighbor, your children, your grandchildren, get vaccinated. You know, I, I don't want to call names, but there's something that's, that I, I don't want to call names, but I just, I'm, I'm urging you, urging you to get vaccinated. Uh, the, the other thing I, I wanted, two other things. Uh, I want to get to schools, but I want to come, I want to circle back to schools because there's two other things that have happened. And, you know, we don't have, a, uh, we didn't have a newscast at the bottom of the hour, uh, but I, I want to make sure that we pay sufficient attention to it. Uh, the, uh, these fires in high-rise buildings. Uh, in Philadelphia last week, you had 13 dead in a row house. I mean, r- the row houses are pretty nice, pretty nice places to... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, to live in Philadelphia. They're old, they're old, but they're well, generally speaking, more or less well-maintained. And it's a very acceptable kind of middle-class lifestyle. But they 13 people dead in a fire in Philadelphia last week. And then yesterday, you know, I know that Bronx neighborhood in New York very well. The high-rise public housing. Fire and smoke killing 19 people, including nine children yesterday. I mean, when I was a young reporter, I covered these stories routinely every the beginning of the cold season, every year, there would be, you know, these these terrible, terrible stories. But this is to have nine children, 19 people in a single fire, dying of smoke in- inhalation. And you know what? You know why it is? People using the space heaters, which are illegal, and just leaving them on for days and days and days. The Bronx fire was immigrants from uh, Gambia uh, in, uh, in Africa. 19 people, nine children well, dead. And, and the other issue, I, I think that that's going to be a story that we're going to be hearing about for a couple of years because with times being tight and everybody having to consolidate and, and pinch every penny they can, uh, in a lot of cases, I don't know what's going on with the, with the New York fire exactly, the situation there. But in a lot of cases, you'll have these converted houses into four, five, six apartments. That's why the number of occupants per building is just so high. And a lot of these landlords know that these people don't have any place to go. There's not a whole lot of building inspection done. There's not a whole lot of safety parameters taken. Because I think the Philadelphia one was a Christmas tree getting lit lit on fire. But there was no fire exits, no working fire extinguishers, nothing like that. So I think you got. Oh, there was also no men living in the house. No, and and there's four single moms with with 
three, yep. four, or five children. Who had nowhere else to go, I'm sure, and that's why they were there. And the the, the troubling thing, too, is uh, the landlord is actually the city of Philadelphia in this case. It's a Philadelphia Housing Authority. It's Section 8 housing. So, you know, you got city inspectors and the city running it. You know, how does that work? Is there a conflict of interest there? I, I, I got more than a few questions coming out of these two fires. I, I just am uh, sick to my stomach about it. It's just horrifying, horrifying to think about the children – uh, you know, passing out from smoke inhalation, the firefighters uh, exhausted the oxygen they had in their tanks. Many of them heroically stuck it out trying to get kids outside onto the onto the lawn outside the building where they could be resuscitated. Uh, just uh, just one of those one of those terrible, terrible, terrible things. They, I mean, obviously. Uh, space heaters are illegal in high-rise buildings. Plus, the uh, the buildings are rigged theoretically so that if there is smoke, the doors release. You know, security is always a problem in, in public housing, but there's if there has to be a, a, a automatic release where the door closes if smoke is detected. The doors did not close in the Bronx fire. And and I know there's a lot of issues too, New York, Philadelphia, Cleveland, where these buildings are 120, 130 years old. So maybe, you know, there are some grandfather clauses in some of these building codes and stuff like that that lets some of the safety parameters get ignored or overlooked. So yeah, if you're renting, if you're in that situation, keep an eye on that stuff for sure. We do not want to report on a story of that happening in this town. Just, just sick. Uh, one more serious note, and then I'm going to end with a, a Browns commentary. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it is? Uh, a eulogy, I would think. That'd probably be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Nobody wants their private text messages leaked. Uh, it is illegal for a corporation to snoop on an employee's text messages. They can check out your emails, but not your text messages. So I... I had quite a bit of sympathy for my dear friend, Sean Hannity, uh, Donald Trump Jr. uh, Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram and uh, one more. Laura Ingram. So Laura Ingram, Don Jr., uh, Sean, one, oh, uh, uh, Brian Kilmeade. Four of my... Four of my colleagues, or three of my colleagues, and uh, the president's son, the former president's son, Don Jr., all of their text messages on the day of January 6th uh, were leaked or were released, uh, all their text messages to Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, all saying, please tell the president to do something, say something, stop this carnage, uh, stop this appalling riot taking place. Uh, Everyone was very critical of, of my buddy, Sean. You know, uh, uh, what's he doing messing around with government? Uh, what's he talking to the president? First of all, every president of the United States in history has had pre- uh, 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 preferred uh, favorite journalists in their corner. They, uh, the presidents have reached out to the journalists and the Kennedys had their uh, uh, Bradley and so forth. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with Sean advising the president on an informal basis. But also, when you look at Sean's emails, he comes across as an honorable, patriotic, concerned citizen, 
a real stand-up American with a great heart, and I'm very proud that he's my friend. You know, he wanted the president, he wanted Donald Trump to stop the riot. They all did. They wanted the, uh, Donald Trump to stop the riot, and the president refused to. Instead, he watched television in a room off the Oval Office, and I, thought, I found that uh, really beneath the pale. I, I was embarrassed for Donald Trump. I was proud of uh, Sean Hannity and all of them, all of my, all of my colleagues. And, and, you know, I am, I am delighted that Fox News is doing as well as it is. Uh, and it is because uh, they're straight shooters. You know, they're really uh, they're good people. I think I'm doing the five again uh, tomorrow. Uh, the, what, oh, the other, th- the Browns. You know, I had a, a kind of a routine during the season where, you know, my leg was hurt and I didn't feel like going and dragging my ass to the game. Uh, so I would watch and Noel would come over, my buddy Noel would come over, or uh, Mark, my, uh, one of my neighbors, or both, uh, or some other people. We'd watch the Browns game. We, we would, had such great anticipation after the early wins, particularly. Uh, Mayfield was doing, uh, doing okay. And now to see, you know, le- yesterday's game, although they won, thankfully, uh, Case Keenum, the quarterback, the uh, the sub, because Baker Mayfield is hurt, of course. Uh, it was like kissing your cousin, wasn't it? It was it it was like weird. It was no no satisfaction. And then the the Steelers sneaking in, you were happy with that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, well, it, it didn't have to go all the way until a minute and a half left in overtime to do it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. I, I still have no idea how it happened. I'm, I'm happy Ben gets to finish his career in the playoffs. But yeah, the Brown season, it, 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 it's weird having expectations coming in and, you know, and just being completely let down. Normally we're used to being, uh, being bad, knowing that we're bad and we just kind of keep on moving. But yeah, no, I think everybody that's, was. That's not true. The, last year they had a championship. Yeah. I mean, not a championship. They, well, they made the playoffs. Well, that's what I'm saying. This year was different that, you know, the expectations were high and then Baker and everybody just got hurt and it didn't work. And So yeah. would you have played, I'm, I'm not going to talk sports, but should Baker Mayfield have played the last several games? Probably not. I mean, Probably hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, not. if he guts it out and if he looks great, then yeah, all of a sudden, you yeah, know, yeah, Stefanski's well. time with Lasorda putting Kirk Gibson in, but... You know, it didn't work out. So, yeah, I mean, they paid Case Keenum, their backup quarterback, six million bucks a year for a reason. He should have came in and played. Oh, so when I'm with my uh, my neighbors yesterday, with Mark and Leslie, talking about the Cavs, the Cavs are happening. I mean, maybe oh, not yeah. last night. I don't know what happened last night. Well, it was Golden State and Clay Thompson's comeback, and, yeah, they didn't fare all that well. But, no, they're in the top half of the Eastern Conference. They look like they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh Unless something completely goes wrong, but yeah, they're they're so, up and coming. Full circle. You go. You're going to go down. Is what forty some home games halfway through the home season. There's plenty of opportunity to see the Cavs, uh, but you're going to be going downtown for that. Be careful going downtown. If you are concerned about your safety, express your concerns to the Cavs management and to the mayor's office where they could have a whole lot more cops there, you know, uh, in the environs around the, uh, you know, the arena where people don't have to walk in dark places to get their vehicles. Uh, I, I, this carjacking thing is for real. And it's going to take a, you know, it's, it's really going to take plainclothes cops driving around in cars, you know, 
putting themselves out there, hoping that uh, hoping uh, that's a weird word, but it, uh, you know, on the prowl for people who are carjacking or messing around. You need to have aggressive policing in this town. Otherwise, we're not going to have a town. All right. New York passed a law that is allowing non-citizens to vote for mayor, city council, and then municipal elections. How do you feel about that one? How would you like that here in Cleveland? Where green card holders or dreamers can vote in Cleveland's elections. How would you feel about that? We're going to talk about that one tomorrow. If you take one of those at-home tests and you come down positive, let the authorities know. I know that's a long shot. I know you're probably not going to do it. But you want them to have an idea of how widespread this outbreak is. That will arm the public health authorities with information that will hopefully help them mitigate what's going on. We have to get through this damn, damn plague. It is our Spanish flu. It is something that historians will remark on and relate to. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting. Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.